Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to In Flight, Threshold's best and only podcast. I'm your host, Solvashes, and how was your week? Last week was pretty good. I didn't have that much work last week. It, it actually turned out to be a lot more relaxing than I thought it would be. I got a lot of time with friends, which is not something that I get to do too much lately because life is just crazy. I'm, I'm sure that you all sympathize with that or empathize or whatever the word is. I'm sure you all feel that. That's what I mean. Life just like takes you on an adventure just all the time, but it's nice when it gets to calm down and it seemed like that was last week for me. I got a lot of time to spend with my friends uh, on Thursday. I went and I played some Jackbox games and some Super Smash Brothers. I, I made some some boxed Annie's mac and cheese and then did my own little twist on it and put it in the oven and, and made some delicious baked mac and cheese. It was, it was very much of a spur of the moment thing, but you know, you gotta eat well. <laughs> uh, and then yesterday I had my friend in town uh, we went to Smorgasbord, which, you know, ironically is another place where you eat delicious food. And I got this really good crepe thing. It was, it was, it was a vegetable crepe. It, they, they made it on this, this hot plate. They poured the stuff on it and then they, they put some eggs in it and they put some, some cilantro and then some scallions and then this, this crackery thing. It was, it was like the texture of a funion, but the looks of a tortilla chip. It was really good. I, I'm a vegetarian, so I got the, the honey mustard glazed uh, tofu, which was really, really good. At first, I thought it was chicken, so I was a little bit concerned. But, you know, at the end of the day, it all worked out. It was, it was really good, and we looked at some of the markets there where they have all of uh, the places that you can shop, some, like, really funky stuff. Uh, I almost ended up getting uh, one of Elton John's records. I'm quite a big fan of Elton John, but, you know, decided to save up a little bit. It's really cold here in New York. It's really, really unsettling. And if you're not prepared for it, then you're gonna suffer. That's just the way it is. Uh, I also wanted to say thank you guys so much for all the feedback. We we got some great comments, some stuff that I was aware of. Yes, I totally acknowledge I sounded like a robot last episode. And you know, I'm, I'm still getting used to this thing. I, I have my own other podcasts, but having a co-host makes it a little bit easier to bounce off of them. But, you know, just being by yourself is something that I'm working on. So thank you guys so much. Um, one of you actually sent a bunch of links to other podcasts and stuff uh, that I, I listen to. And, and I'm, I'm definitely going to make sure that this podcast is the best that it can be. Because as I said, this is Threshold's only podcast and one of the only Fight Some News podcasts out there. So we got to make it great. And I'm definitely out here to do that with you guys. If this podcast feels forced, then that's not great. That's not going to be fun for anyone. You don't want to hear a robot give a podcast. You want to hear a person. So I'm definitely going to work towards making this a lot more personal and a lot more connected to you in these next few weeks as we start to get this podcast rolling and start to get all the gears turning and, and all of that. Please, if you have any comments after this episode is done, please don't hesitate to to say anything. We have uh, a thread up on our Threshold forum, which will be linked in the description of this. You can also email us at editorial at thresholdhex.net. That's E-D-I-T-O-R-I-A-L at thresholdhex.net if you'd like to say anything. There's also been something else on my mind that I definitely want to get to, but let's get into the news first. So without further ado, hey, Sam, tell us about the news. 
G'day Sol, so to kick off the news for this week, we have a new entry into the Explained Scene with GeoReality releasing Global Forests Volume 1 for Europe. Global Forests is a forest replacement package that places vegetation according to real-world data using never-before-seen technology, at least that's according to the developer. Up next is Orbex with a variety of news. Firstly, they've shared new teasers for Newcastle and also released the trailer for True Earth in North California. This indicates an imminent release of the latest True Earth package. This week they also released Metabel, a sold as a separate expansion to their Courchevel. Both sceneries were made by Gaia Simulation. Orbex Maribel is now available for the low price of $9.95 from Orbex Direct, though it is to be noted that you need to buy the $32.95 Australian Courchevel if you want to use the scenery. Military visualizations, despite stepping away from X-Plane development, are continuing to support their X-Plane products with an update to their DH3T Otter. Uh, with improvements to the X -play, uh, to the plane's autopilot systems and a bunch of other changes. You can get your hands on the Otter for $39.99 right now. We continue this week with Flight Sim Development Group, more commonly referred to as FSDG. The developer has released their rendition of Enfide for X-Plane. The airport comes just a week after the release of Mauritius for X-Plane. Uh, the airport is available on the FSD website now for the very reasonable price of €11.90. And Brian News up next with the release of version 1.2.0 of Xcraft's ERJ family. The second large update to the plane post-release sports an impressively long changelog, adding functionality to most, if not all, aspects of the aircraft. The full list is too long to condense into a 20-second monologue, though, so please check our article for full details. Next up, we have news from Just Flight that their Air Hauler 2 will be coming to explain next year. A product allows users to control all aspects of their own passenger and freight airline companies. Find out more details on our website. Stairport Sceneries are back with more news this week following a deluge of information last week. The European group has now released their rendition of Saint-Tropez, a small French airport located between Caen and Marseille on the south coast of the country. The week's most controversial story is up next with news of PMDG finally pulling the plug on X-Plane development. The group, which had previously produced iconic add-ons such as the Queen of the Skies series, had previously looked into X-Plane as late as April this year, but now they're focusing their efforts towards Microsoft Flight Simulator, and this thus means that there is no development resources left for X-Plane. Just a day or so after this news, Laminar released version 11.40 of X-Plane. This update, considered minor by some, mainly attends to flight model improvements, as shown in a multitude of videos starring Austin Meyer. See all the changes to the flight models in our article. Moving back to scenery now with Imagine Sims Atlanta. The developer has released their second airport for Explain. This is Atlanta Hartsfield Jackson, which is KATL. Their rendition of the busiest airport in the world includes a high fidelity mesh, SAM animations, PBR textures, and more. Their uh, version of Atlanta is now available to purchase for approximately $31.92 USD. Finally this week, Carinado have released their newest aircraft for X-Plane, the CT-206H Stationaire, which is more commonly regarded as the Cessna 206. The aircraft features interior and exterior PBR textures, F-Mod sounds, and much more. The Cessna 206 from Carinado can now be picked up from the group's website. You can see, see all that and more news, editorial, and opinion on ThresholdX.net. Thanks, Sam. So you know how I was saying earlier that something has been on my mind this week? Well... Let's talk about that now. So, we didn't cover this on Threshold because Threshold focuses primarily on X-Plane news uh, with a few things from developers in the P3D realm here and there, but really, really not too often. 
But a big thing happened in the P3D world this week that should be acknowledged, which is that PMDG released very silently the NGXU, which is basically an update to their NG, which they have had for years and is a great plane, but has had a few shortcomings that people have pointed out that PMGG never really addressed until this new airplane. This is the plane where they have addressed those things. Like some of those, some of that includes uh, the fuselage being really, really skinny and, and not being uh, an accurate representation of the real aircraft. And also the cockpit just having a huge window that was just completely inaccurate and really took away from some of the realism. I've I've flown the NG a few times myself, and it was definitely a little bit off-putting, and it didn't feel completely right. It it felt like I was in an apartment with just a a huge glass window overlooking the the sky the overlooking the skyline. It didn't really feel right. Um, so PMDG addressed this. The I have not bought the plane. It looks fantastic. It looks like they did a great job. The PBR looks fantastic. But as I mentioned, I haven't bought the plane, and there's a few reasons for that. But the major reason is that I can't get over that $100 price tag. $100 is pretty steep, although this is a completely new aircraft, and they have worked a ton. $100 is a lot of money. That's more than PM. That's more than the academic pa- package for P3D is. That's more than x-plane 11 is that's more than a lot of add-ons out there so what was so unsettling about this to me is that they're able to ask for this and i started to think about it and i think i came to an interesting conclusion and i i thought i'd share it with you guys uh, to see what you guys think of it maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm right but i kind of started to think about how the X-Plane and P3D world, how every single developer has a monopoly over their product. Because, you know, if you think about it, PMDG, they make the 737. Who else really makes a viable 737 for P3D? No one. And that is probably why they're able to charge so much. Uh, For those of you who may not know, a monopoly Uh, It's just like the game. If you've ever played Monopoly, the board game, basically the goal is to get as much property as you can and make all the other players bankrupt. Uh, And that is pretty much what a real Monopoly is. If you Google it, it says the exclusive possession or control of the supply of or trade in a commodity of service. Excuse me. If you Google it, it says the exclusive possession or control of the supply of or trade in a commodity or service, which basically means you own everything, you have control over a specific thing, and you're the only person that has that control. And I I, I think that developers have this a lot. I think one of the reasons why PMDG is able to charge such a high price for their 737, their, their new one, is because they have sole control over this. And it's not just PMDG. Uh, Flight Factor has charged a bunch for their A320, although they do have a reason to because uh, their competitors aren't necessarily delivering as much as they have. But IXEG also charged a bunch for their new plane, and, and Jar Design also charged a bunch for the A330 when it first came out. And 
they're still at that price, a lot of them. The Flight Factor 777 has gotten lots of critiques for still being at the price that it was when it was first released, yet being so low. But Flight Factor is able to do that because there's no other 777 that exists. When RW Designs introduced the A330, the JAR Design A330, the price went down. And that might have been because JAR realized, oh, we cannot do this monopoly. We can we cannot control the price and have it super high if there's another competitor who's also offering something. You can have these two sides where there's one product that's a little bit lower than the other in terms of quality, sure. But when there's a competitor there, both sides recognize that they can't charge a ridiculous amount for their product because then that makes... Like, let's say we have a product where there's two things that this product doesn't have that another product does. You can charge a little bit more for the other one, but at the same time, if those two things don't matter too much to one person, they may be more inclined to get the other one if that product that's missing the two things has is $50, whereas the other one is like $100, because it's just two things that you're missing out on. And... I think that developers, because they have control over this huge marketplace, that they're able to they're able to charge whatever they want, and that hurts our wallets inevitably. Unfortunately, I don't think that there's necessarily a way to fix this. I think that this is just something we have to deal with. Yes, we could complain about the prices, but that would be unproductive because nothing would happen. They we would probably get hate from the developers complaining about uh something that they're offering us where they've worked so hard and and to be fair i may be criticizing this but i will acknowledge pmdg jar design flight factor ixeg you all have worked incredibly hard on your aircraft and that is definitely something that you need recognition for so we can't really complain about this but the only way that necessarily where something would change is if more developers get into the scene, which is definitely something I'm looking forward to seeing when Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 comes out. I definitely think that that's going to be something that changes in the marketplace for aircraft is that this new wave of developers are going to come through because Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 has been pretty highly publicized, and I'm sure it has gotten the eyes of some other larger developing companies. So, We'll see what happens. It's going to be really interesting. Let me know if you agree with me. Uh, Let me know if you disagree. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can drop a comment down in the SoundCloud area. You can visit us on the forums, as I said, or you can email us uh, in the email that I mentioned earlier in the show. Now we're going to switch gears a little bit, and we're going to interview a streamer. His name is xplane1972. He's great. I watch him pretty regularly and we're going to hear what he has to say about what it's like to be a streamer the preparation process for all of that and also just what it's like to have your own mini community so soul from the past take it away hello everyone today i'm joined by xplane 1972 he is a streamer primarily on youtube who streams xplane 11 content streaming about three times per week welcome xplane 1972 hey 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 how you doing man I'm great. How are you? Ah, good. Good. Very good, actually. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us and being one of the first streamers on our platform. <laughs> actually, I'm very happy to be the first uh, on your platform, and I love what you guys are doing. I mean, the first podcast just came out uh, maybe a couple of days ago, and I listened to it, and I love where it's going. I love what you guys are doing with it, so I'm hoping to see at least one pod- podcast a week from you guys, so it's good. I definitely like it. Thank you. That's very kind. 
Uh, I really appreciate you listening to us. Uh, that that means a lot. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into streaming and, and how did you specifically get into flight simulation streaming? That's very, very specific. Um, hmm. How did I get to flight simulation? Wow. It's a little bit of road. I mean, I could, let me run through it real quick why I'm even into airlines in general. And then right. we can get to the streaming part if you don't mind. But um, of course. I've said it on stream before. I am a former, I got into the airline thing because I'm a former flight attendant by accident. Right. Oh. I, oh, yeah. I worked for two airlines. The very first job I had, I got laid off from my job way back in the day when I graduated college or whatever. Right. And then um, I saw an ad in the newspaper saying, hey, you want to see the world? Um, come to this interview. So it was at JFK Airport in New York City. I went and I wasn't even dressed properly. Turns out it was an um, interview for airline to work for mm. a charter company, a company called Tower Air. Uh, mostly charters, some scheduled flight, and all they had were 747s. Right. I mean, long story short, I got on with the company, uh, I want to say in 96, yeah, 19, um, yeah, 96, and uh, flew with them until 2000. And um, the, the 747s got me intrigued right away. We only flew um, 747, 100 and 200 aircraft, old TWA, old Pan Am, just some old airplanes that require lots of maintenance. But, you know. Yeah, the first queens. The first queens. There you go. <laughs> exactly. The first queens, right? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I was a flight attendant, but I found myself drawn to the cockpit. Back in those days before 9-11, you could do jump seat right in a cockpit as just a normal person. And being a crew member. Every chance we get when I was on a ferry flight, a ferry flight is an empty flight from point A to point B. We used to do mm -hmm. charters for the military, all over the world, stuff like that. So I would literally sit in the cockpit during takeoff and landing with the headset on, looking over the pilot's shoulder and just marveling at all the different buttons and bells and whistles and like, wow. Fast forward, I want to say maybe two, three years ago. Um, I was on the internet just looking at YouTube as everybody does and I saw this in cockpit video of a um, uh, A10 Warthog. But the way the video was shot, it was so realistic. It was two guys flying side by side and they were right. talking and communicating with each other and stuff. And the more I dug into it, I realized it wasn't a real video. It was actually um, DCS. And there was this guy named Heli Pilot or something like that. And he was flying it and recording it with a track IR device. Mm -hmm. And it was so realistic and immediately... I'm like, I have to get this. I have to try this. I have to fly this. I'm like, oh, it's a video game. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. At the mm -hmm. time, the only computer I had was a, a Mac. I have a MacBook Pro. And I started looking for flight simulators for MacBook. And there was none except this thing called X-Plane. It was at the tail end of nine, I think beginning of 10. I'm not sure if I can remember. Wow. But oh, yeah. It barely ran on my MacBook Pro, right? Mm -hmm. I had like a five-year-old MacBook Pro at the time. But, you know, I stuck with it. I bought my first joystick, which is the, the Logitech 3D Pro, and um, plugged that in. That's the that one in. I have. <laughs> hey, I still have it. It's under my bed somewhere. <laughs> now, just like everybody else who picks up flights, I mean, you want to, after you've done a couple of flights and it's working out good and you're happy and you're like, wow, this is cool, you want to share it with everybody else. Yeah. So, guess what? It wasn't you streaming. No, it wasn't streaming. Uh -huh. It was trying to record videos, flight sim videos. I think my first stream was like, there was no camera, there was no audio. It was just me like flying in Montego Bay, doing circles around the airport and landing and coming back around, touch and goes, right? Mm -hmm. And 
the streaming thing, like, I started liking it. The first time I got one guy, two guy, three people in, in the stream watching, I was like, super happy that there was somebody to talk to, you know, yeah. what an hour and a half flight. Yeah, so, yeah. so literally, the streaming thing came about because I tried recording. It didn't work out right. I figured, you know what? YouTube records these anyway. We can always play it back. And you can edit it in YouTube if you didn't know that. You can take out sections. Yeah. But then I discovered that it took took forever for YouTube to update the, the new file that you made. So but that's how I got into streaming. That's the long short long long and short of it right there. You know, it's funny. I actually started on a MacBook too. Well, actually not a MacBook. I started on an iMac. I think it was a 2012 iMac. And I literally got yelled at by Vatsim controllers so many times because it ran so poorly that I couldn't even put clouds on or weather on. So I was constantly being yelled at. They they were like, oh, do you have the, did you change your, your altimeter? Like, what's up with that? And I, I constantly just had to be like, oh, I'm sorry. I, it's going to be inaccurate because of this thing. Or sometimes I was like forced to disconnect. <laughs> so I know the pain. It really sucks. But I too, I, I, put up an investment and I have a PC that's really just built for X-Plane and that's pretty much it. So I totally feel that. One thing that I remember you did a while ago, but you don't necessarily do as much anymore. And that's cool. I'm not calling you out or anything for not doing it anymore, but you used to do a lot of group flights with your subscribers and such. What was the process like when planning that and also managing that when you had a bunch of people who were following you around in airplanes? Yeah. Wow. Let's just say that was fun. And it's actually, <laughs> those all turned out to be five hours plus. My I remember. Aver- my average stream is three hours now. Those were five-hour streams, right? It was on Saturdays or something like that. Sundays. But, <laughs> Sundays, yeah, there you go, Sunday evenings. But um, the process, to be honest, one of my moderators, um, Spag Oz, he's the one who would come up with these routes for us. And he certainly did not make them easy. Let's put it that way. All his, his routes or routes were long and over terrain that were trying and tricky and climbing and descending. And we had a lot of people crash out, including myself a couple of times. <laughs> Me <you> too. <laughs> <laughs> Grand Canyon, you know, it was a crash and, and just all the, <laughs> even him himself crashed. So he, he would set those up for us. Uh, on Discord, he will give the briefing and send the, 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 the route to everybody so they have it. And then I would just take over the day off the stream and say, all right, guys, here we are. Let's get this on and kind of narrate it and lead it and fly ahead or fly behind, get scenery of everybody flying and landing and taking off. And it was fun. Even the chat, we had live audio where everybody could talk and participate was fun. And um, Spags is the one who set it up and we just flew it. But it turned into a long thing because you have, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine people, 10 people flying around together and it was fun. And it's something that I actually do need to get back to at least once a month. I'm not going to yeah. overpromise. I think f- once a month should be a time when I say, you know what, group flight for everybody. Since it's a, since the channel has grown, because this is before I got to a thousand subs, to be honest. Right. I haven't done it since. So I'm going to look into at least doing it once a month, right? Um, I can dedicate a day to do that. Life is busy, but I think that would be good because a lot of people had fun. And it's a chance for me to fly a GA airplane, which I hardly do. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you brought that up and reminded me of it, but it, it was fun to do. Um, and the, the whole team put it together, basically. It was good. So Spag was the one who 
plan those, but you have your own streams to plan as well. Tell me a little bit about that process. Um, okay. A stream can be planned based around a few things. New right. up, new, new airplane, new update to an airplane, a new scenery, right? Or mm-hmm. a new add-on, right? That comes out, general add-on. And based on those criteria is what I try to work to stream around. You know, you've seen me fly the Zebo a thousand times, right? Right. You've seen me fly the Zebo from San Diego to San Francisco a thousand times, right? You've seen oh, yeah. me flown into Atlanta. So what I try to do is with every stream, like when the BSS soundpack come out, that's a big stream. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I like that. When Zebo did the, one of the first major updates, that was a big stream, right? When Active Sky came out, big stream. Um, X Enviro, big stream. But the planning, literally, guys, I'm not exaggerating here, it, an hour, right? Yeah. And let's say I have a route already that I want to fly. Now when I get in front of the computer and turn it on, I'm literally running sometimes nine programs at once just to get a stream yeah. going. So the process is planning the destination, planning the airplane that you're going to be using, right? Planning the time of day, see if there's ATC available, file your flight plan, um, f- set up your charts, brief your weather, and also you're doing two legs, right? Not just one, you're doing two legs. And that's kind of the, the process, but it does take 45 minutes to an hour to set everything up and get going. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not just sitting. When you fly by yourself and just start up X-plane and fly, it's so much simpler and easier. You know, uh, I, I even mentioned that you got to set the green screen behind you, right? Oh yeah. Got to make sure the green screen is up. You got to make sure the light in front of the green screen is on, and you got to sit there in front of this light and sweat <laughs> for three hours, <laughs> right? You know, and you got to make sure that whoever is in your household don't make any noise, don't walk around, don't turn on the microphone. You know, yeah sometimes my phone will ring in the middle of the stream or my watch is going off and I'm getting an alert. I had to respond to That's kind of like the process behind the scenes there. I started watching you about a year ago. And at that point you had less than a hundred subscribers. I believe that I was the 63rd subscriber to your channel, <laughs> wow. if I remember correctly. But now today, it's about a year later, you have 3.4 thousand subscribers. What is it like to have your community and your fan base grow so exponentially quickly in a year? Man, um, it's a ride, right? It is a ride that is continuing. It's not even like the ride is over, you know? Yeah. So I'm still in the middle of this growth, like, wow, you know? Um, and it, I remember this, the struggle was to get to 100 subs, you know? It was like the hardest 100 ever. I'm like, oh, yeah. can't wait to get to 100. Can't wait to get to 100. Can't wait to get to 100. And a couple of streams later, it's like, you're there. And then the next goal is like, I can't wait to get to 1,000. I think after 1,000, yeah. I stopped checking. Mm-hmm. No, I did. Like, literally, I just stopped. Like, every day I would get up and wake up and check and see, okay, you got five new subs, 10 new subs, two new subs, one sub, whatever. After 1,000, I kind of like, all right, you know what? That sub game, like how much subs you have, I don't count anymore. I don't even look at it anymore. I don't change the way I stream because of it, right? Right. I don't change my personality or anything like that because of it. It's just there and you watch it go up and you're like, it's good. But the most exciting part for any streamer, I think, is the first couple of hundred subs or the first thousand subs. That's when YouTube kind of takes you seriously. 
Yeah. I mean, before that, you're like nobody. <laughs> in the in, in YouTube's you're just mind, around. you're just screwing around. Like, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah, whatever you say. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. For, so for any anybody out there who's considering streaming, I mean, get into it, right? But mm-hmm. know there's a couple of things that you need to learn about it, and that's how you get your audience. And the first 100 and the first 1,000 is going to be a struggle, right? Because you're going to think yeah. about it. It's your, it's kind of like your ego, your rep, your your rep on the line. Kinda, but after that, you don't think about it anymore. To be honest, just happens. It just happens exactly. One of the reasons that I started watching you in the beginning was because the Zebo hadn't gotten that much press when it first came out. But you were one of the first people to very, very heavily dedicate your streams and your time to showcasing the aircraft. What made the Zebo the first aircraft that you really, really focused on? Hmm. At the time, the IXCG was out, right? And the IXCG yeah. is quote unquote study level to a certain point. The sounds are awesome. The interior was awesome. The modeling was awesome. Everything was nice about it and still is nice about that airplane to this day, right? Mm-hmm. But I also watch P3D and FSX people stream, you know, big names, small names. And yep. the most popular airplane on that side is the PMDG 737 800. Yeah. Right? We, we didn't have it for X-Plane. X-Plane 10 didn't have a 737 like that. It had the 300. Um, X-Plane 11 came out, and it brought the basic X-Plane 11, 737, 800. Mm-hmm. And Zebo took a chance, and what did he start modding first? I think it was the FMC. Yep. And I was always jealous of the P3D FSX guys, that they had the PMDG, right? I mean, oh, yeah. It's funny, I'm saying that now considering what today's news is about the PMDG, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, when this guy named Zebo came on the scene and he started doing it with the FMC, which, 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 which was becoming more real, I'm like, this is our PMDG right here at the moment. Yeah, yeah we can sit there and wish and hope that PMDG was going to port their, their NG over to X-Plane, but it wasn't happening. So the next best thing I have this guy was Zebo. And worse, yeah. when the F mod came out for it, and we heard the sounds, I was like, that's it. This plane is going <laughs> to go places, right? And it's proven to be that fact because if you, watch, if you look at my videos on YouTube, the most watched videos are the Zebos oh, yeah. to this day. It's free number one. Well, donation where I call it. You can donate to the guy, please. If you guys haven't done so yet, just drop a donation. You have no idea what the Zebo has done for X-Plane as a platform. It's brought many people over from 3D and FSX. And I'll also add that it's very, very up to par with the PMDG 737. Absolutely. Now I watch them side by side on video. The Zebo looks much better than PMDG. The PMDG to me, honestly, looks like a cartoon. But hey, that's just <laughs> me. The window shape is wrong. It's too wide open. However, it was good for its time. The Zebo came in and took over. But that's the reason why I concentrated on the Zebo because I wanted a PMDG like airplane for the 737. We never had it. We had the JAR A3 A320. It's fine. You know, it's it's JAR. Yeah. But we never had a 737 800. That's the, the most flown airplane in the world to date is the 737-800 for commercial flights. Yeah, you know I mean? that's correct. So we never had it. Like, it was a big gap. And that's why I thought PMDG would have ported their stuff over to us and we had it. But you know what? Zebo is the next, next best thing. And it shows right now. It's flying mostly online by everybody on Vatsim who is X-Plane. 
That's a great, that's a great reason. That's one of the reasons I got into it as well was first the free aspect of it, but also just the dedication that went, that has gone into the aircraft is actually quite remarkable. And it, it, in some ways, even if, even if we were to say that the PMDG is a better plane, I would argue that the fact that Zebo is making this whole thing for free is makes the aircraft better in itself because he's giving such an amazing product back to the community just on his own time. So I think that that's a fantastic thing. Um, and the value, I, the value is there. The value is yeah, way better. It absolutely is. What would you, uh, what would you say your favorite thing about the X-Plane community is? Uh, my personal answer to this question is I think that the freeware content of X-Plane is incredible. I've, I've tried to get into P3D and I have it and I fly it, but there's only so many places I can fly because all the freeware stuff is, I'll be honest, really, really bad. And you have to pay top dollar and put in at least $500 if you want to fully enjoy the simulator. So what's one of your favorite things about the X-Plane community? I'm, I'm, I'm stealing your answer. That the first answer right there is that um, the org store and now your uh, threshold.net um, is the two most valuable places you can go right now to get tons of freeware content. And I'm talking about starting with Mr. X airports, right? Sam mm-hmm. plugin, Autogate plugin, Better Pushback plugin, um, uh, NOAA weather plugin, um, d- deliveries, um, just airports. The whole thing, the community in Xplain has put together such a good r- library of resources that sustain the platform and we still support the developers who are payware, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not that everybody says, you know what, I want everything free. I'm not going to develop, I'm not going to support uh, payware content providers. No, we support everybody. However, if you're just coming into the sim and you put your base, your base money down to buy explain, which is what, 50, 60 bucks or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You can literally spend months in it and not buy one additional product. Starting with the Zebo that we just talked about as an airplane to fly, quote-unquote close to study level and mm-hmm. all the freeware scenery and all the ortho for xp this is stuff that the community has put together as as free resources for everybody to use think about it so that's the biggest thing up with this community is that you have everything that these guys have spent their time and energy and made available at no cost at all for everybody to use also the community is very helpful to one another I, I rarely see any kind of toxic behavior on any of the forums when people are asking for help and trying to get stuff done. We help each other out. That's the thing I like. It's a healthy community where I, there's no negativity I, I see, uh, honestly. Those are the two main things I see about the community itself. It's good. So we're going to finish it off here. Is there anything that is happening in your life or your streaming life that you want the audience to know before we say goodbye to you? Um, streaming life is that I aim to do more streams and more add-ons. Um, I'm in the process of purchasing and downloading another plane right now. I'm doing three days a week, four days a week sometimes right now. I'll keep it at that for now. There'll be more add-ons I'm going to be flying. I do like to fly airliners more than GA airplanes. I do have GA airplanes, but some of them are not up to par, right? You know? Yeah. But, um, 
So as far as the streaming is concerned, just stay tuned for more content, guys. You know, more destinations. I do look at your flight requests and I do take them seriously and I want to cover those. It's tough sometimes, you know. But yeah, um, I'm just as excited as you guys to watch me. I'm excited to stream for you guys, to be honest. You can find him on YouTube three times a week and he will be streaming under the handle X-Plane 1972. He does a bunch of different flights. Uh, he can go anywhere. Sometimes he'll stay in the US. Sometimes he'll go down to Jamaica. He's <laughs> probably one of the more creative flyers out there. So if you're into something like that, definitely check him out. And you can also join his Discord, which is usually linked in his descriptions. Thank you, X-Plane 1972, so much for being on the podcast today. I, I appreciate it so much. Uh, it's youtube.com slash explain 1972. That's it. Thank you so much for this interview, man. I appreciate you guys taking the time out to interview me here and actually enjoy the interview too. So thanks. Thank you so much for being on. And thank you, in-flight listeners, so much for listening to this week's episode of In-Flight. I'll catch you guys next week. Have a great one and see you all soon. <laughs>